0: Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon.
1: Yeah, no pressure. Good to see all of you. God bless you guys. I want to thank pastor, the staff, amen. Like I always say, there's more than enough capable preachers here. And so it's always an honor to be able to stand before you and, uh, and uh, preach the word of God. And so I want to thank the staff, amen, for the opportunity. And, uh, and I want to say something. This has nothing to do with my uh, sermon, but I've been thinking about this for a week, um, a week or so. And then today and t- yesterday really hit home for me. know, um, as we heard, our sister Terry lost, uh, had a loss in her family. Uh, a friend of mine, Liam, he had a, lost his sister last night. And then um, a guy who used to come here a long time ago when we were in the old building by the name of Terrence, I just found out that he just got hit by a car and lost his life. And I remember when he first came into the church. And so as I'm, I'm racking my mind around all this, I'm like, man, enjoy life, man. Listen to me, folks. Enjoy Life. You know, sometimes we have it backwards. We What we do is we, add to, let me just tell y'all something. At my funeral, don't tell me how good of a person I was. Don't tell me how much I impacted you or, remember, if you ain't tell me in this life, don't tell me when I'm dead, because when I'm dead, I don't care. You, you feel what I'm saying? Like, why are you going to tell your parents when they dead, I love you? Who, who cares now? I'm gone, dog, I, Whatever. And that's what we should do more of. For, and I'm not saying, you know, just grovel at the feet of everybody. And just, but my gosh, just tell your brother, I love you, man. Thank you. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you, sis. Why tell me when I'm in the casket? Man, I love you. OK. Learn to live life in a manner where we enjoy not only what God has given us in materials and in salvation. But let's learn to enjoy each other, man, because who knows? Who's going to make it back here Wednesday and who isn't? Enjoy life, man. That's why God gave it to us. Stop being such a stick in the mud. Gosh. Nothing to do with the sermon. Ephesians chapter 2. All right, there we go. I know what Super Bowl went. I don't care. I know what it is. Hmm. Been messing with me all week. The devil has I don't care no more. I don't care. I'm going to preach this and you're going to just sit there. It is what it is. (laughs) Look, <laughs> they're like, all right, let's see. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> Ephesians chapter two. We're going to look at verses one through five. There's a term that hospitals use that I want to kind of bounce my thought off. The term is DOA. What this means is that a person has come into the place where there's healing dead. DOA means dead on arrival. The possibility, amen, of being made well. But they came into a place where that possibility lies dead. And I am talking to you this evening that there are people who come into the house of God, DOA. They come in dead on arrival. They walk through those doors. They are breathing, but yet inside, spiritually dead. But the beauty is that we can leave here F-O-L. Full of life. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Lord, help me. And that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about coming in dead, believing in life. So don't get all caught up there because you ain't got to walk out of this church like that. Let's read our text. Ephesians chapter two, verses one through five. And you were dead and you were dead in, your, in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now work in the sons of disobedience. Verse three, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, two of my favorite words, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Church, help me pray. Father in heaven, I thank you. God, and I thank you for this gathering in this group. And I pray, help us. God, we're a needy people that need life more than we need houses and cars. More than we need materials, God, we need life. And I pray, let that be so, God. We may walk in DOA, but let's leave FOL, Lord. Help us to leave here full of life. In the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen. DOA, dead on arrival, amen, if you're taking notes. Let's look firstly, amen, at the course or how we come in. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this World. Let me give you a little background. This is written to the church in Ephesus. Let me give you a little background to the church of Ephesus. The city of Ephesus is located in modern-day Turkey. The Roman Empire made the city of Ephesus a, a provincial capital and hosted around 250,000 residents, the third largest city in the Roman Empire. Ephesus was known as a city of size, wealth, and power. The major economics of the city were rooted in the trade and idol worship. The Temple of Artemis, located in the heart of the city, was prized as one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. From the ocean ports, to the theater, to the stadium, to the library, Ephesus has so much to offer its inhabitants and visitors. Ephesus was a major cultural center in the ancient world. So let's think about this for a moment. The third largest city. Wealth and power, cultures that indulge in idol worship, trading, a melting pot, so many ways to go and live. And what I'm trying to show you is that though it would seem like Ephesus was thriving with life, even though Ephesus seemed to be the place where it all happened, still we're dead. Still we're dead. They had the glitz they had the glamour. They had anything that everybody would ever want, yet still not alive. So you can have all of these things, church, but when you walk the course of this world, it will lead and keep you in a spiritual death. James four and four, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That word enmity is very interesting because it means ill will. It means animosity. It means hatred that we so many people take this course and do not realize that is hatred towards that. The Bible says that those who want to be in those glitz and that glamour, those who want to be a friend of the world is hatred towards God. You can't be alive and want the world. First John 2 15, we know the scripture do not love the world or the things in the world for if anyone loves the world. The love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. The desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possession or pride of life is not from the father, but from the world and the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever, walking the course of this world. Is a sign of you being dead. If you are craving the world more than God. If you are craving the riches. More than our savior. It's a sign that there is deadness inside of you. We lust after the things of this world. It's a sign of spiritual deadness. But not only that ladies and gentlemen. If you have been born again. But you go after the things of this world again. It's a sign that something is dying in you. Did you hear what I said? Because too often we go, yeah, the world and the sinners. and Yeah, yeah, the people who don't know God. But what about us who do? What happens when we go after the world again? What happens when we go after the course of this world? What happens when we start lusting at what the world is offering? You're becoming dead again. Revelations 2 and 4, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have that you uh, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate leaving your first love. Is the result whenever you start to lose love. Leaving your first love is a result or a consequence of when you've lost love. When we lose our love for God, something else has caught. We all, love has to transfer. Love doesn't dissipate; it has to transfer. That's all right. You ain't got to say Amen. Don't worry about it. Um, not tonight. I ain't worried about it tonight. Oftentimes, I'd worry about it tonight. No way. <laughs> And this is how we come into the church. Did you hear what I said? This is how we come into the house of God. Dead. We walk. It may be physically alive. But when we sit in these chairs, I wonder, church, if we would be honest, how many of you would actually honestly say, I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I sang the songs, preacher. I gave. I'm dead. Because my attentions are somewhere else. And I'm not preaching this because of the Super Bowl. If this wasn't the Super Bowl, this would have been the service. But I'm not preaching this because of the Super Bowl. I'm not preaching this because, oh, you know, this sport. No, no, no. What I'm saying is you could be in here right now and be thinking about something else. You could be in here right now and leaning like, yeah, yeah, okay, hurry up. Okay, so, Okay, see, y'all, see, I know some of y'all. Y'all be time and I know it. I watch you. Oh, yeah, I watch you. Oh, I'm an observer. Don't think just because I sit on the third row, I don't see. I'll be watching some of y'all be like, 715. Okay, he's about halfway done. There you go. There you go. 25. There it is. All right. Well, let me get my stuff ready. Sorry. Sorry. Let me get back to it. Let Let me focus. Matthew 7, 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are Many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. But those who find it are few. Listen to me. Jesus is talking about the course in which you walk. Amen. And I'm asking you the same thing. What course is it? Because the course of this world is the wide gate, man. It's easy. It's simple. All you got to do is what everybody else does. What course are you walking? With that being said, let's look at under the under authority in our text verse 2 it says following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh yes it is us who walk according to this world yes it is us who carry out the ungodly desires but I want to tell you something there is an influence yes you made the decision but possibly there was an influence to it. Our text tells us that those who are dead are following the prince of the power of the air. And it is a spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. In other words, there is a sphere of influence that the demonic has, amen, that can begin to invoke behavior. I'm not saying that the devil made you do it, but oh, I'm saying he helped you do it. I got a sermon right now, The Sinful Helper that's exactly he doesn't make you do it but all he helps you he put it's like it's like playing chess almost that you put pieces in certain positions and you make the other person think you're going to do this then you do that and what you have done is you have placed things to influence decisions this is why you get into fights before church this is why you have issues with the children at certain times you ever noticed that it's at certain times when you're seeing breakthrough, all of a sudden issue. When, when all of a sudden God has revealed something to you, all of a sudden you've been made alive in an area. All of a sudden something happens. What it's doing, the demonic is trying to use that to influence you. Church, we crazy. Come on, somebody. Is anybody, we are nuts. We will struggle and not pray. Something is wrong with us. We will struggle, not pray. We will go through it, and the king of kings that has all keys in his hand, we don't even knock on the door. (laughs) What is happening? It is the influence. Because of the way we're walking, because of what's happening, it's influencing us, and it's causing us not to get closer, but to go away from. This influence, you can be under this. Let me, let me show you this influence I'm talking about. John chapter 13, verse 1. Now there, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Verse 2, during supper when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas a scary son to betray him. Influence! He had put it in his heart. Betrayed Jesus and we look at that and go I would never you already have <laughs> we're so prideful man. I'm telling you I would never do it you did already those times when it was time to stand up in your own flesh no I'm not going to do this and you fell to the flesh yeah that influence man you ever know you know I was talking to somebody about this a while back and I was like you know what Oftentimes, when we go into these realms of sin, oftentimes we're looking for relief, aren't we? We're feeling pressure of some sort. And we think that if we get, take a drink of the bottle, come on, somebody. We, we think if we get a new girlfriend, we, we think we get a new boyfriend. We think if we get married. Now, listen, before I, I can feel that one. Now, listen, let me step back. Listen. How can I talk against marriage when I am married? I'm not talking against marriage tonight. Marriage is a beautiful thing and it's God ordained and hallelujah for everybody who wants to get married and all those who are already married. God bless you and bless you even more abundantly. But listen to me, you shouldn't get married just because you're feeling lonely. Mm -mm. Because you'll feel lonely when you're married. You understand what I'm saying? That those influences cause us to do things and we're trying to figure out what's wrong. Why do I keep falling into this? Could it be this fear of influence? Mark 9 20. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, the spirit that was in the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled, foaming at the mouth. Now I haven't seen that yet. I don't want to. I ain't gonna gonna lie, some of you, I can't wait to kill a demon. No, I, I can wait. I'm all right. And Jesus asked the father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has often this spirit has cast him into the fire, into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us again. This demonic influence. That's what I'm trying to get you to see tonight. That when you're dead and trespass, the demonic influence has access to your life and begins to influence you in certain manners because you're already dead. How many many of y'all remember the movie Weekend at Bernie's? Only the old people remember that. Everybody was like, no, I don't even know what you're talking about, dog. I'm only 25. I don't know. Okay, if you my age, you know Weekend at Bernie's. It was about a guy who died, and these people went to his house, and they tried to act like he was alive, and they would move his arms, and he's dead, and they would carry him around. He never decomposed. It's a movie. It's a movie. It was so good, they made two of them. I don't know. They brought him back. I don't know. But again, they were moving him, but they could do whatever they want with him. Why, church? Because he was dead. They could do whatever they wanted, put him in any position, put him anywhere they wanted to, made him look a certain way because he was dead. Church, don't think you have freedom when you're dead. No, the influence can put you in positions. He can make you do what he wants because we are dead. That's what I want you to see, that hell can influence you when you're dead. Isn't no wonder why these things seem to come at the weakest moments of our life. Isn't no wonder all of a sudden we feel like giving up and we don't even know why. The power of the air, church, the influence of the demonic. One man said, Satan, like a fisher, baits his hook according to the appetite of the fish and trust me we don't help because we have certain appetites listen to me you can't watch everything you can't listen to everything you, you just can't follow whatever the trendy thing is because that could be a bait can you say amen and this is what the influence is using based upon your appetite there is no there is no reason <laughs> Why, you should know more about Jay-Z than you know more, more about John the Baptist. There is no... Okay, y'all not with me. There is no reason, no reason to tell me about the latest rapper, tell me about the latest actor, tell me about the latest such-and-such and so-and-so, such and, so, and I'll be like, okay, who's Mark? I don't even know. Get out of my face. Shut up. I want to, don't even talk to me for two months. Don't talk to me for two months. There is no reason for it but it's because of the appetites we have. And don't say anybody, well, I don't listen to that music. Okay, well, what do you listen to? You know, we try to sidestep. Well, that's not me. Well, what is you? What is your appetite? And that's what the influence will use to bait you. And this influence becomes a stronghold, church. And that spirit will continue to work drinking. That don't mean it that you're alive. (laughs) You have to become alive. This is a spiritual thing we're talking about. You just can't. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to just read my Bible 30 hours a day. That don't make you alive. Muslims read the Bible. Are they alive? Oh, now you want to get quiet. False religions read the Bible. Just because you do, uh, I'm going to do no, you got to become alive in Christ, man. You have got to come to Christ wholeheartedly. We are gonna get to this. I mean let me back. Let me slow down. Acts chapter 17, verse 16. Again, we know the story. I'm not gonna read it, but you we know the story about the young servant girl who was a fortune teller and she's following Paul. Paul must have been. I think Paul walked with a limp. That's what I think. I don't know about y'all. I think he was just walking, he's just like <laughs> and that girl was like, This is the this is the son of the God of the service of the most high God. He's a Service center. He's like, look here. <laughs> Shut up. I got. I got it, in order. Hey, get get out of her. It's not you, girls. It's, it's the thing in you. Come on. It was a spirit inside of her that was actually speaking truth. Isn't that interesting? That was. A, but what they want? What the spirit wanted to attach itself. She wanted to look like she was a part of what they were doing. I have influence too because I know who they are. See, those things that work in you, it makes it try to attach yourself to certain things so it looks like it's okay. That's why Paul said, ah, we ain't with you. Again, influence and how that spirit works in your life. The question I have for you, are you under the influence? Are you under the influence of the demonic? Can I just inject something for free? I know some of y'all don't like me right now, and that's fine. Some of y'all never like me. That's cool. (laughs) I'm just joking. joking. (laughs) Disobedience will always give room for demonic entry. Let Let me say it again. Disobedience to God will always give an open door for demonic influence. So please don't think, well, as long as I come to church, but you can come to church and be disobedient. And you're trying to figure out why aren't these things leaving me? Why am I not being free? Could it be could it could it be possible that there's disobedience lurking in the life, and because of that, the monarch goes. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and pray, but you're gonna you're gonna disobey anyway. So we're just gonna wait till you disobey. See, church, you can be dead in the church. You can be dead sitting here looking at me right now. But that's not the end of the story. Oh my God. Oh boy. Oh, your boy on fire now. Let's look at full of life or F O L. Verse four of our text, but God. Mm. Boy, if you don't get excited just by hearing those two. That do, but God, <laughs> I was jacked up, but God, oh my gosh. I, I was messed up, but God, I, I had issues, but God. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I know y'all not like that, my bad. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which he had loved us, which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with christ by grace you have been saved some of my favorite words in the bible by grace you have been saved and but god mm. when the lord looked down on this service so when he looked down upon the earth all those thousands of years ago he saw people who were dead upon arrival when they were going to the temple he saw people that were dead on arrival when they were going to revivals uh, on a wednesday service He saw DOAs all over the place But that God would send his son To make you alive And that is the beauty One of them of the gospel Is that you can be made alive in Christ You can walk in here dead You can walk in here nothing And come out full of life And full of Christ Even though you're going back home To being broke Ha! You can be free And not have nothing See, that church is so amazing to me. This is not about being happy. This is not about getting materials. See, Jesus makes us spiritually alive so that we can have a life. John 10 and 10, the thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. I came, Jesus says, that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Church, the new girlfriend, the new boyfriend will not make you alive. The latest toy in this earth will not make you alive. It is only by God's mercy and his grace. And when we tap into that, life taps into us. First Corinthians 15, 22, for in Adam all die. Mm. But that's not the end of the scripture, y'all. So also in Christ, all shall be made alive. That's the hope that I don't have to walk around dead anymore because I'm not in Adam. I'm in the second Adam. And in the second, Adam, in Christ, I'm made alive. That's why every time we come to a service and we feel dead, every time we come to a service and we know we're dead, that we can go to an altar, repent, lay it all on the line, and God pours out not his wrath, God pours out not his judgment, but he pours out his life. He pours out his life so that you can walk out of here alive. Running around the church yet? Okay, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you can be made alive, man. <laughs> my son. Like, I got you. No, no, don't sit down. Sit down. <laughs> He'd be the one to trip. Like, oh, you didn't mess it up, man. I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> you can have an encounter, church. You understand? You can have an encounter with the one who made air. Uh-huh. The, you, you feel me on this? Like, we have an encounter with the person who made lightning. They still can't figure out lightning. They're trying to figure out if it comes down or if it goes up. (laughs) And yet and still, you can have an encounter and be alive. Why would you want to walk out of here dead? Why would you accept deadness when life is only a few words away? (laughs) Lord, help me. Ain't that what Peter said when he was about to die? Lord, save me. See, church, you can have an encounter and no longer have to be under the influence of the demonic. Christ has made a way through death, his death and resurrection through his blood that we are washed, that we can have life and give ourselves back to him. And now those things begin to break. Those bondages begin to break. Those influences no longer have influence. You know, it's a wonderful thing that the things that used to have influence over me, the sins that used to grip me, that I can look at and be like, no, I don't want it no more. No, I don't want to do that no more. I don't want that anymore. I made alive. Now going back to de- eating dead things. Come on, somebody. I eat fried chicken. now. I don't need to eat the raw chicken no more. First Corinthians 15, 45, thus it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, who was Christ, became a life-giving spirit. Life-giving. God's grace, you have been saved, church. It's no work of your own. That means that Christ gave us what we didn't deserve. Aren't you glad, church, that you don't have to be dead any longer? Aren't you glad that you don't have to work for life? Huh? Anybody glad for that? That you don't have to work no more? I don't have to kill bulls and goats and and do all these other things. I can just come to the King of Kings and say, Lord, help me. And all of a sudden, life is poured into me. Too often we pray for money. It's not wrong to pray for money. It's not wrong to pray for houses. It's not wrong to pray for your kids. It's not wrong to pray for stability. When's the last time you prayed for life? When's the last time you said, Lord, give me life. God, breathe life into my marriage. Lord, breathe life into this area where I'm darkened. Lord, breathe life into my heart where I'm unforgiving. Lord, breathe life into the areas that are dead. Breathe life into me, Lord, in this area. When's the last time we really prayed like that? Make me alive to your spirit, Lord. Make me alive to worship you. You know, folks, can I be honest tonight? I, I got a few more moments. You know what I get tired of? why. Thank you. That's what I get tired of. That's what I get tired of. I get tired of this. The song service starts. And... Oh, yeah. on, <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? Where's the life? Yeah. Not again, folks. Before we get all crazy, I'm not talking about jumping on a chair and, you know, you jump off the stage and you give Curtis a high five and then you get back to your seat and, you know, you, you know you're running down the line of the song service. Yeah, 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 we got it. Woo! And he, I ain't talking about stuff like that. But my gosh, I don't know. Just look like you want to be here. That's all we're asking for. Just look like you love the Lord. I don't know. Am I asking too much? Just look like just Smile. Like, show you how... Life begots life. So, the believers show that we got life. Then the unbelievers go, my God, this is alive in here. And they realize their deadness because of... They realize their deadness because of the life that's in here. So, just... What's wrong with doing this? If If that's how you feel... What's wrong with doing it? Now, if that's not you, okay, you ain't got rhythm and you got to concentrate. I understand it. I get it. If you got to really concentrate, you're like, blessing it. Oh, there we go. And you can't really move. Fine. No problem. But if you got a little rhythm and you feel that, you no wrong with that. If you're going bump, people say, excuse me, I got them. There you go. And you, they'll move with you. You ever notice that? You start moving people are like, okay, I got the rhythm. <laughs> What's happening is that life is begotting life. So he makes us alive. And now that life begins to spread out. And all of a sudden, those that are dead realize before the word, first word is preached that I'm dead in comparison to this life that I'm seeing. See, church, if you're going to be, Alive, you got to swim in the waters of Christ. In other words, you got to saturate yourself in the things of God, man. And I'm not just talking about ministries. Yes, that's a part of it, but I'm talking about your own prayer time. I'm talking about not when we gather here at prayer for church. I'm talking about on that Tuesday when we're not here. I'm talking about those Thursdays or those Saturdays when you don't have a study or that you're doing your own study. That this is saturating. Your life and hence it is going to bring life Amen. but we need to realize that who gives us the life it is Christ and Christ alone that's who you have to come to first thinking with me about life begotting life as I close Acts sixteen thirty one. we know the story of the jailer <clears throat> think about this with me and they said believe in the lord jesus and you will be saved you and your household and they spoke the word of the lord to him and all and to all who were in his house and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once he and his family verse 34 then they brought him up to the house up to his house and set food before them and he rejoicing along with his entire household that had believed, that he had believed in God. Life begets life. Can I ask you a personal question? You ain't got to answer it. Is there life at your home? If I asked your children, what would they tell me? Is there life at your home? Because life begots life. And so if they see life in you as a parent, oh, guess what? It permeates. Yes. And they'll know, hey, I'm jacked up, but my parents are alive. Oh, kids will tell you. they be like, you know, my parents, they, they true. I'm jacked up. Man. But they they got it. They are alive. They, they tell me, they show me all the time, they are alive. See, life begots life. What if the reason why we aren't seeing certain is because we're, we're not exuberating life? Could it be? And we just, all right, Yeah. That's it? That's all you got for Jesus? A little excitement. You ain't got, look, I ain't saying be like me. I know I'm loud. I know I'm moving. Okay, you ain't got to be Pastor Brooks. I don't want you, I don't want you to be me. Trust me. There's too many me's around here now. <laughs> I ain't saying be me. I'm not saying be so-and-so. I'm not saying be Pastor Howard or pa- Pastor Mitchell. I'm not, I'm not saying be somebody. What I'm saying is show the life of Christ in you. Show, show what that looks like for you. That's all. When the jailer accepted life, it changed his whole household. It changed the trajectory of his lineage. Life begots life. Church, you can walk in here DOA, but you can leave FOL. I'm gonna leave you one story that I'm I'm done and I'm going home and bless you. George Foreman tells this story of his conversion. Now look, folks, I look it's his story, and I'm just gonna I ain't gonna go verbatim, but this is what he said. He lost a fight with Muhammad Ali. He's in the dressing room. He says, all of a sudden, he felt like a dark abyss came upon him. Like just this darkness. Like just, just, just unholy darkness. He said, a voice told him, you're gonna die. That's what he said. Voice told him, you're gonna die. He tells the voice, no, I can't die. No, no, I'm going to live. I believe. I'm not going to die. I believe in Jesus. He awakes from the abyss. He's in the locker room. He is now fighting people. People are trying to hold him back. And as they're holding him back, he screams, I'm alive. I'm alive. Christ has made me alive. People think he's tripping. Like, George, you just lost up a- what are you talking about? I'm alive. I'm, a- I'm alive. You know, this man went on to go and evangelize for 10 years. Did you know that about George? See, you know about the grill. You you know right you know about the grill I know that grill the George Foreman grill that's so good it makes hot no. no he's an evangelist <laughs> ten years he gave up boxing and evangelized for t- I saw the video that brother preach 6'8 oh, George Foreman preaching because he was made alive I'm alive. I just lost the biggest fight of my life. I just lost endorsements. I just got embarrassed. I just got messed up. I just got beat. I'm invincible, but I'm alive. And it changed the trajectory of his whole life because he was made alive. Oh, church, if we would be made alive, what could change in your life today? What could change tonight? What is the trajectory of your destiny if you would say, God, make me alive? I'm tired of being dead why are you gonna can I be on why even come to church if you settle I'm just I'm gonna be dead then what what why if you know that there's life right there so listen let's stop coming dead man let's stop just let's stop leaving dead and let's let God fill us with his life. Ephesians chapter five, verse 14. For anything that become, becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine. on you." Arise from the dead, wake up, wake up, man. You can be made alive. Get out of the sleep. Get out from under the influence. Get up and be made alive. And when you decide, I want to be made alive, Christ will pour light on you. You can leave her alive, not just living, not just living, not just here, not just doing. I am alive. There's a thing in me. There's a spirit of God in me that's alive and thriving. That's how we should leave every church service. Alive, not more dead, but alive. Can you say it? Alive. If you leave here dead, your fault. Because my God gives life. If you leave here dead, it's you. It's not the church. It's not the pastors. It's not the people. It's you. Because Christ said, I make alive. By my grace, you're made alive. Not by church function, you're made alive. Not by church ministry, you're made alive. He says, by my grace, you're made alive. And we can all, from left to right, access that grace. And tonight, leave here, FOL, full of life. Can you say amen? Our heads are bowed.
0: Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays,